Santa Maria! Dodgers are still world champions, even though things have been going right. Guys, welcome back to Dingers and K's. My name is Jeremy Altrill. I'm here with my main man, Jamal Roussel. Jamal, we're back in here. Episode number three. How are you doing today? Oh, I am doing great, Jeremy. How are you? I'm always doing great. I'm always doing great here. Anytime I'm here in the Sports Bump studio, I'm happy. I'm good to go. I want to get into this. Um, remember, the show... It's for all those baseball fans that don't either. You're already in love with the game, or you're not even sure yet. Yep. We're gonna move. We're gonna change your mind. Bring you back into the show's meant for any kind of baseball fan or sport fan, as basically any sport fan, right? Yeah, anybody. At, at the end of the day, before we get into it, today's episode brought to you by Sports Bum, the authentic content made just for you. Let's get into it. We're gonna start off our show today, Dingers and K's of the week, our favorites. Are you ready? I am ready. We got your first, I believe it's going to be K going on. Let me see. Yep. First K, you want to give me a little info before we get into this? Okay. So my first K of the week is uh, Nathan Yavaldi kind of dialing up uh, Giancarlo Stanton. And it takes under a minute. It's really good morning, good afternoon, good night. and Makes it look easy. <laughs> Pretty much, right? That's who it was. <laughs> There's Here it is right here. And then went on to detail all That's the fastball. Fast, fastball outer half. Yep. There's going to be another one. Huge walk. Here it comes. Stanton, he is 0 for 1. Sounds about right. First uh, inning. Another strikeout. Red Sox had 3 nothing yep. here in game 3. That sounded like strike 2. Uh, another fastball. So, um, very sharp. let's see this will come through. Last inning. It's allowed just two infield singles. He went. And, and good, night. good night. All right, there it is. 38 <laughs> seconds to strike out your former MVP. Yeah. 38 seconds. Yep. Um, we know he's kind of a strikeout machine. Yeah. But this was exceptional. It was fastball looking, fastball looking, curveball in the dirt, check swing, and he's walked away. What you got to do is send this over to Manfred and say, look, we're moving faster. Yes. That was 38 second yeah. at bat. Yep. I couldn't even get a tweet out in 38 seconds. No, pace of play was not a problem in this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving over. Favorite dinger of the week. All right. Um, you were telling me a little about it. Mariners. Yep, Mariners A's on uh, Monday, or sorry, from this weekend. Uh, you had uh, Cal Rowley. It's his first major league home runs. It goes over 400 feet. It was a big series for the Mariners. It was a big moment in the game. But my thing was, again, it's your first one of your career. Let's not get a cheapie. Let, let's go way over 400 feet. Let's hit it way back. And he hits Bombs. Here it is, right here. And the one-o pitch on the way to on a one-o first at bat. No, it wasn't his first bat of his career, but it was his first home run. Okay. First major league home run. Goodbye baseball. Rally with a two-run shot way back into the lower deck and right here at T-Mobile Park. And the Mariners. You ever been to Safeco slash T-Mobile Park? Just the outside. Same thing. That stadium is huge. Yeah. It's big. It's big. And this was a bomb. Yes. An absolute bomb. Uh, it might be all downhill from for Cal. Because that's what I was going to say. Another ball better Do you think we're going to get a... 
I know he's not a high end prospect. No. Just called up, right? No. Um from what you've seen, because I know you got that scout eye. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, he looks like he's going to be one of those typical kind of DH first base types, you know, decent amount of power, but nothing truly exceptional. Okay, fair enough. But it was a fun moment if you're going to hit your first one. Let, let's no, do this. It's a great moment. And if I'm not mistaken, it's part of their weekend series win. Yeah, they swept the A's over the weekend that got them back in the wild card mix which that continued into Monday, and you're going to have more on that. Trust me, we have a lot of info on these Mariners that we want to get into. Before we do that, though, i got to bring something up here. Okay. We're going to have a Kenley Jansen segment today. Yes, we will. He had a hell of a week last week. Unfortunately, blew a game on freaking, what was it, Tuesday? Blew on Sunday. Blew on, let's start it off. <laughs> blew on Sunday, came in Monday. Hey, big fella, you got the off day. Yeah. Tuesday, we need you. Shut it down. All right. You didn't shut it down. It's all right. Yeah. We can live with this. Yeah. Big man, your turn again Wednesday. God damn it. <laughs> Here we go again. I think that was a basis loaded opportunity too. Yeah. That's the check swing. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was a. It was a swing. Bad, it was a terrible was a call. That was a total swing they on can add rough. That to replay. Yeah. Um, I just got to say, I like that Dave Roberts blew up two games in a row. Yeah. Because I think I'm starting to see his frustration with the team at times. And. I know there's not a manager segment. His dingers and K's right here, but I'm happy to see that he's getting upset and kind of frustrated because everybody kind of calls him out where he's too passive. Okay. And I kind of finally see that energy coming in, and hopefully this writes the ship. It hasn't started yet, but it's going to write the ship. But back to Kenley. I wanted to go ahead and give you his 22nd save of the season. Oh, two. Doubles up and finishes. So right there, just a Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Look, he throws a slider now. Yeah, he does. But that one came in looking like a curveball. Right. No chance. No. Absolutely no chance to get that one. Um, I'm just happy to see him get back on the board, get things going again. You know, at the end of the day, nobody's more frustrated than the actual pitcher. Right. Kenley's not just taking this thinking everything's okay. He's as mad as anybody with his performance, and he feels like he lets the club down. He really does take it to heart. No, absolutely, absolutely. We're going to get into him, but before we get into him, we got some... It's been news for a little while, but it's breaking news here because, well, we're recording today. (laughs) Um, There will no longer be a Cleveland Indians team. No. We will be having the Cleveland Guardians starting next year, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. The new Cleveland Guardians, uh, the Guardians name, they're... Taking it after the Guardians of Traffic, these statues they have outside the stadium. Not of the Galaxy. No. Okay, so it's not Guardians of the Galaxy. No, so Groot won't be replacing Chief Wahoo. You know, it's just going to be... That might have been better. (laughs) I think I would have liked that a lot better. Um, Thoughts, comments, concerns with the name Guardians? I don't love the name. I mean, I've seen people... I've seen responses both ways. I'm not in love with it. I think you're going to rebrand a team, just completely rebrand it. Don't just give me some kind of modified version of what you had before. So mm-hmm. Indians becomes Guardians. Just give me something else. Give me a new color scheme. Give me just get me away from that Indians idea. I okay. So obviously news broke a long time ago. Indians thinking about changing their name. Right. I think it started like in 2016 when they kind of got in trouble for wearing the Wahoo hats. Well, they've been at it during for years. The, yeah. But the Wahoo, getting rid of Chief Wahoo was a start. That was step one. Yeah. And um, it came under a lot of scrutiny in 2016 when they yeah. were in that World Series against the Cubs. Yeah. And I want to say they wore every single game of the playoffs because that was superstition. We yeah. were winning with that hat. Right. 
I want to say it was the red and blue one. Yeah, it's the red Wahoo. and blue with Wahoo on it. Yeah. Yep. Um, so year afterwards, MLB came out and said, hey, I think we need to get you guys away from this. Right. Luckily for them, they already had that ugly C that yeah, they, they were the rolling C, with. Right. And um, I don't like the C. Do you like the C? Uh, it's a little too plain for me. I didn't like it. Yeah. I think they need to ice it up a little bit. But yeah. I think it's going to be irrelevant at this point. Instead of a C, it'll be an ugly G. You have the G or you're going to have like the other little logo thing with the little ball with the wings on it. Yeah, I didn't like it. Um, So I knew it was coming. I like the hats. So when they started going out, I was like, I got to get me a hat before right. it goes out because I'll never see it again. Right. And if I do, it's going to be 10 times the price <laughs> just because nobody's going to have it. Collectible right. type of thing. Right. Um, So I've been waiting for the day and I've had conversations with people and I said, when if you just go away from Cleveland? Okay. I didn't, I'm not sure. I know Cleveland kind of likes their baseball, but they don't get a big fan base and their fan base doesn't show up to the games. Uh, they'll draw when they're good. They're not always good though. No, they're pretty mediocre and have been historically, but you know, if you haven't won a world series since 1948, well, that leaves you with an athletic fan base. Yeah. So, um, I knew a lot of people that didn't show. So I thought maybe moving a team to me, I knew Vegas was a hot spot. So I was saying, 100% go to Vegas, get it done. Nah, it's like the movie Major League if you try to move them. Then yeah, you're going <laughs> to, somehow they're going to get into the playoffs and start winning World Series. Right, exactly. You're going to have Vince Vaughn out there. Not Vince Vaughn. Ricky um, Vaughn. There it is. I was thinking about the other guy, Vince Vaughn, the actor. Um, but obviously that move was going to be hard. I had seen Jerry Harrison kind of put online, what if you were to bring like a historical Negro League team? Yeah. Bring back one of those names. If I'm not mistaken, Cleveland had a team. Yeah, they did. So they were kind of talking about what if he did something like that? And I was like, I think that's a pretty good idea to me. Mm, but but this is the issue I have with it kind of goes back to a conversation we had had previously mm-hmm. about a Jackie Robinson day. Oh, uh, yes. So you're putting these guys in a uniform with something that they don't necessarily believe in. Mm-hmm. So if I put you in to use like just a Negro Leagues team. So if I use the Kansas City Monarchs, one of the most famous Negro League teams, the Pittsburgh Crawdads, or sorry, Crawfords. Was Cleveland the, the Spiders? Well, the Spiders was their old, original, like, okay. American League team name. Um, you know, if I go the Homestead Grays or some of these Negro League teams, mm. if I don't believe in those things or that kind of sensibility, if you, I'm trying to think of a way to describe it, but, you know, if I'm just a little more right-leaning, let's say, on the political spectrum, yeah. I'm not really going to feel great about wearing a uniform that's named after, you know, out, just just overtly named after a, like a Negro Leagues team. Mm-hmm. So to me, you're better off leaving the Negro Leagues teams either to history or bring it out, you know, maybe a couple times a year or leave it to cities that had, you know, strong Negro League like fan bases yeah. and strong Negro League teams. So again, Kansas City, where the Royals do embrace the Monarchs, mm-hmm. the Negro Leagues Museum is in Kansas City by all means. Pittsburgh, like I said, the Pittsburgh Crawfords was one of the most famous teams. Fine. Pittsburgh wants to do that. Go ahead. The team was there. So I don't think Cleveland really has that strong of an attachment to it. Yeah. So to me, like I said, I would just completely rebrand it and just go in a whole other direction. I don't think it's the wrong idea either. Um, All I know is 100% sure Guardians was not the way. I don't love it either. I don't like it. Um, I'm agreeing with you. It looked lazy. You look at the logo. It's the Indians tilts to the right. Guardians tilts to the left, and it looks like the exact same damn thing. Yeah, you had a year to come up with a different idea, and this is what they ended up with. It's not. I think it's better than the Cleveland baseball team. Um, yes, 
But uh, you could follow the Washington football team. I've been the Washington football team for a couple of years. Right. But late, to me, it's just lazy. I feel like you're going to have to go reprint all your merchandise anyways, even if you right. make it look similar. Yeah. You got to redo it all anyways. Right. I would have just rather you go all the way away from it. Right. Not the same color scheme, not the same letterings. Everything Nothing, different. just 100% revamp. I want to see some pinks out there or something, something different. Right. Because you had the opportunity to hear, for me, to get away from like the major league uniform the schemes. red, white, blue. Red, white, and blue. I think there's only, I just saw the other day, there's like one team that doesn't have it. Well, there's I think a it's the Pirates. Well, that don't of, that don't have a red, white, or, or blue. Or red, like, white, or a blue in their uniform. Yeah, something like that. Well, the Rockies are purple. They're purple and black. There's yeah. a few, the A's. There's a couple, but... Yeah. There was, I, I got to read, like, there's, there's one a, team that actually, like, doesn't use the color schemes at all. Yeah. And I was like, you have the opportunity here to go in something fresh, mm-hmm. something innovative, something creative, and just blow the market away. You have Nike as your designers right now. Nike right. does a lot of great things for the European soccer teams. Yep. And that's what they're able to do over there. What can they do for their, their actual home base? Teams? Okay, idea. It just literally just popped into my head What'd when you, you said soccer. Wouldn't it be interesting if the baseball or just, you know, whatever, just said, okay, we're going to come out with different, like in soccer, their kits. Oh, a new, new and, uniform and every year. This is what we're doing. what we're doing this year. Next year, it's I would lose all my money. <laughs> I will lose all my money. That. So I'm actually really, 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 really like soccer jerseys or soccer shirts that they call. Um, but it kills me. I'm like, I can go out and get one, but you're going to change it the next year. Right. And I'm going to be like, damn, that one's nice too. Gotta get that one. So, luckily, I have limited myself here on MLS. They don't really change the jerseys. Not really. It's like slight changes. Unless you're Galaxy, you keep the same one with the cross for like 20 years. Right. Um, LAFC kind of just revamped. A little bit. A little bit, but they're all the same. Yeah. So, I'm like, you buy an MLS jersey, it'll last you. Right. Um, that's kind of the nice part about, I guess, sports here. The jerseys kind of last to a certain degree if you don't get the name on the back. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at a Lakers jersey now, it looks like a Lakers jersey from 20 years ago. Almost, almost. They yeah. try to redo it. Yeah. I feel like they missed the mark on the Lakers jerseys, to be honest, but that's a story for, for another, another day. day. Yeah. For another day. Let's move on. Um, we have another segment we like to call the Judgment Call. Judgment Call is just some questions that we have. Get your ideas, get your opinions. There's no right or right on right or wrong answers until we put it out into our social media sites. And you guys let us know who was right or who was wrong. Or maybe we're both right or maybe we're both wrong. There's usually three options so far. Right. Um, Jamal, you have that judgment call. Can you break it down for me? Okay, so last week we did hitting. So this week is going to have a pitcher theme because, again, Kenley's going to be part of the show. So So we're going to lead into Kenley. I forgot (laughs) it. Got it. I like your thinking. So this is a, a pitcher question. So, again, there's no real right or wrong answer, a definitive one. So... Which of these three pitching records do you think will be the one that's the least likely to be broken? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cy Young has 511 career wins. Okay. You have Johnny Vandermeer, mm-hmm. two consecutive no-hitters. Mm-hmm. Or Nolan Ryan with 5,714 strikeouts. So, last episode, I feel like you gave me a tougher one. Okay. Because I felt like each one of those, it was hits – it was hits. It was consecutive games mm-hmm. played. Yeah, had hits. and it was hit streak. Right. 
And th- those are toss-ups. Either one could happen. Some of them, you just need the good luck, da-da-da-da, to right. make those happen. Right. Right here, these numbers are literally impossible. <laughs> because, so, let so me tell you so why. they're all impossible? <laughs> they're, not all, they're not all impossible. There's one possible to me. Okay. But it's not Cy Young's 511 wins. Okay. And it's not, what was the last one? <laughs> I know no, it in my no, head. Nolan Ryan's strikeouts was the last one, 5,714. Yeah. Johnny Vandermeer That's threw two the consecutive no-hitters. Johnny Vandermeer's record is the closest one that I think that could be po- uh, broken. Two no-hitters is no. damn near impossible. But if I look at a percentage chart, uh-huh. I think you have a higher percentage of getting two no-hitters, especially the way no, 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 these back, approaches are today. Back, back up. Oh, I'm sorry. Back-to-back back no-hitters. No, no, no. Back up. Perfect games? No, no, no. Hold on. To break the record... You got yeah, to throw three. three. Damn. <laughs> I'm still sticking to my thing where the numbers would show me I have a better chance of getting three consecutive no hitters than I do a 511 wins. 100% sure. Okay. Especially since today's game, you just, nobody cares about wins. Not really, yeah. I, I still, like, we talked about it before, but I still kind of like it because it kind of tells me, yes, offense isn't really your concern. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but you're giving yourself an opportunity right. to win the game because right. if you're going out there and you're throwing two two runs on or you allow two runs, your team's in the game. Right. But if you're going out there and allowing six, more than likely your team's not in the game. You're not going to get the win anyways. Right. So I still kind of feel like there's something to it. Just lets me know you're probably in the game. Okay. Your strikeouts, nobody will pitch long enough. You never know. Or the game, the game, the way the way the game, the way the is, game is strikeouts are possible. One hundred and ten percent sure strikeouts are if possible. I start racking up, let's say you get somebody who comes in hot and they're getting three hundred a year, you get you can get their you know. I think guys get too burnt out now. Okay. Kershaw lasted ten years of just p- complete dominance. Right. And then the last two, I would say, are great, but they're not dominant. Okay. Um Scherzer, late bloomer. Yeah. That's a strikeout machine. Late bloomer. Still pretty damn good right now, but not the same guy, right? Right. What do you have? Maybe seven years of dominance? He's been, he's been really good, I mean, for the past decade. He's been good, but then dominant. You need to be dominant if you're going to get the strikeouts to me. Okay. Uh, Jacob DeGrom. But, uh, but back up with the strikeouts. Here. Again, if I'm getting strikeouts, I'm just striking people out. I could strike out 15 people and get blown around, <laughs> blown out the game. I struck out 15. But if you're going to get blown out, you probably won't be in there to get the 15. You never know. Oh my! If somebody's in there, it, it's, yeah, it's, I'll lose it. It's a seven to six game. I've been giving up hits and runs, but we're scoring hits and runs. And I, but I struck out. You're gonna have to my, play for the AL. I mean, my outs just happen to be strikeouts. That's how I'm getting my outs. Doesn't mean I'm pitching well. It just yeah. means I'm getting uh, outs. possible, possible. Because the reason I say with the strikeout record, I put it on the same par with uh, Pete Rose and the hit record. It doesn't matter what your batting average is. You're mm-hmm. just accumulating hits. So every hit counts towards the record. Every strikeout would count towards the record. 5,700, you said? 5,714. And how many years did he pitch? Uh, give or take about 20. 20. He came up in late 68. He pitched until, I think, 93. So I put you at 25 years. <laughs> there you go. Is it possible to have another friggin' Nolan Ryan slash like Jamie Moyer who just pitches forever? Right. Yes, it's possible. But I just feel like today's game just doesn't allow for it. This guy was throwing so many innings. Oh, my goodness. Yes. That threw 5,300 innings. Yes, he's getting better in the strikeout and innings. <laughs> Trying to see where his strikeouts per like season is. And I'm not seeing it, but. 
And you're getting anyways. Better, you're getting better than a strikeout per inning for your career. Yeah, he <laughs> averaged almost double double digits, but he went through a slump where he only he was less than double digits. Anyways, I got to take the no hitters because I just don't think nobody will pitch long enough. Are you taking the case? I think the one that's unbreakable to me is the no hitters because you have to have three consecutive no hitters. You think that's mo- that's harder than getting the 511 wins? I think I can. Well, the wins, I think you could grind it out. And let's say, if, okay, remember relief pitcher usage. Let's just say I become, they do more openers or whatever, and I start racking up wins that I shouldn't necessarily get. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, Even a reliever, though, won't get a 500 no. appearances. Over my career, if I pitch mm-hmm. 60, 70 games a career. Now, granted, if you look at Cy Young, he was having like, 40 and 50 starts a year. Yeah, that dude <laughs> that's, is ridiculous. That's He's pitching there. every other day. But you never know also what could change in the game going forward. It could be different styles of play, different rules. Let's just mm. say if all of a sudden, now this could also throw what I said about the no-hitters into question, but if baseball became a seven-inning game, let's say. Ugh. So now I could make more appearances. so mad. If it, I could make more appearances, gives me more chances to get more wins. But if you see how many games Cy Young was pitching and starting and just how many appearances he had, it's like, yeah, this is stupid. Of course, he's going to get 511 wins just by kind of hanging around. <laughs> just yeah. If you he look at his career, you're going to go, oh, okay, yeah, he wasn't great like every year, but it was like, geez, you know, you're winning 30 and 35 games. Yeah, you'd be. We get excited when somebody wins 20 games a year, right? Yeah, and he was. There were some years where he was doing like almost double that. Yeah. Um, side note: Before we kind of move on, I was looking at um, Nolan Ryan's win loss record. Yeah, because we're Nolan Ryan. One of the best pitchers, right, in Major League Baseball history. Yeah. How many losses do you think he has? Uh, clo- I'll give a guess. I'll say, I don't know, 270. Yeah, that was really close. 292 losses. Yeah. For, to the 324 wins. That's a lot of losses. That means you had a chance any night. Any right, night that's, that's, what I, that's what I'm saying with him. See, like I was saying, you could be out there striking people out. Doesn't yeah. necessarily mean you're pitching that great. He had a career at 319 ERA, which I guess isn't too bad. I'm trying to see what I can find. Right. Yeah, which you see with Nolan Ryan's lots of strikeouts and lots of walks, and he would pitch a lot of. Oh yeah, the could, walks were. He really, could just stay out there all day. Mm-hmm. Average 246 a season. Yeah, you have to average 246 for about 25 years. Yeah. Sheesh. Gave up about a home run a game. Right. So it's not like he was unhittable. It's just. Seven hits. <laughs> he would just strike out people. Yep, and five walks. Wow. <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of guys that give up kind of a lot of walks and hits so far, yeah. let's get back into our Kenley Jansen talk. Um, we talked about it already. Three blown saves last week. Yep. Dodgers fans wants his, wants his head on a freaking pike already. They do. Outside of Dodger Stadium, so all the closers know what's going to happen if you come in here. Fair, foul? You like that? Is it fair or foul? On this kind of notion that Kenley Jansen is no longer a closer. Okay, well. Fair or foul? I think that is foul. Kenley is your closer. Now, I will put a big asterisk caveat with whatever I say, given whatever goes on in the next basically 36 hours. Mm -hmm. But given the roster as it is constructed today, he is the closer. That is his role on the Dodgers. If you remove him from the closer's role, understand you're never putting him back in the closer's role. No, I don't think he can. Mentally. He's not going to be your eighth inning guy while you, let's just say, you start to say, okay, Trinan, you've looked okay. Mm-hmm. You close it. There's a reason Trinan is a Dodger. It is because he was not the closer anymore in Washington. No, 
Oh, he wasn't the closer in Washington. Went to the A's. He had that A's. super season. He, no, but he was no. He was on the A's before Washington. He was good in Oakland. He was the American League like closer, you mm-hmm. know, relief pitcher, Rollies relief pitcher of the year in Oakland. Then the A's being the A's Enterprise, and we're not going to keep you for forever. Uh, Did they move him that year? It was like maybe like a year after. Is big. What I want to say, twenty seventeen. Somewhere off the top of my head. Because I thought he had gone the other way around. Yeah. I thought he went from Washington to Oakland. No, he was good. He was good in Oakland. He went to Washington and was bad. And then that's how the Dodgers got him. No, he was in Washington. Okay. He was in Washington. Went to Oakland. Okay. Then when so he was bad in Oakland. He had that super year in Oakland. And then, then he was okay, bad. Gotcha. All right. And then he wasn't very sharp either in uh, Washington. He was like up and down. Well, he wasn't really a closer. He was like their eighth inning guy there, and they yeah. let him close. And then and every now and then so he would close, right. give or take. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue on. No, 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 no. Okay. See, now you're giving me the, the timeline. See? Yeah. So 2017, he was traded to Oakland. Right. He finished off 13 games over there, 213 ERA. 2018, put in the closer role, 38 saves. Nine and two record, point seven eight ERA. He won the title that, or he wins the reliever of the year that year. Um, His lone All Star appearance in twenty nineteen gets blown up, absolutely blown up that year for a four ninety one ERA with only sixteen saves. I believe he started having some uh, health issues down the stretch, right, leading to the emergence of Liam Hendricks, right. Um, Then comes the Dodgers. Has a good season last year. Pretty good season this year. Yeah. Well, actually, he's having a better season statistically. Better this year, yeah. But again, there's he's not flawless. There's again, there's no, a reason he's he, a doctor. He's got his issues. Yeah. He's got his issues. So just to say, oh, make Trine in the closer, to me, that doesn't fly, mm-hmm. given again what's on the roster. That's Jansen's role. And so if you remove him, like I said, you can't put him back. It's just not gonna happen. So if you're willing to do that, Dodgers, okay, that's fine, but just understand you just made Lake Trine in your closer. Uh, you know, Gratterall's not a closer. He's not ready. He doesn't. He throws a hundred and doesn't really strike people out. No, he's actually on the trade block right now. Yeah, they're willing to move him because there's value because he's a young guy. What people see was upside. Uh-huh. You know, we'll see. But to me, you leave Jansen in the role. He's he's closed games for you before. And to me, again, you've done a deep dive and looking at the closer spots. Uh, if you look at Jansen's numbers relative to the other closers. It's not really that statistically different where you're going to go, okay, I got this guy. There's five guys way better than Jansen. And also, again, the availability of these other people in relation to Jansen. So even if you want to go, Craig Kimbrell's having a great year, which he is. Uh But if you look at Kimbrell's career, you go, oh, yeah, he goes up and down, too. He's had a good four months. But that just doesn't mean, okay, you're automatically the best guy for this particular role. So I have some numbers here for you. Okay. I did a chart today. If I were to ask you right now, your top five relievers in baseball. Okay. Can, we, can you just throw some names out for me? My top five in terms of, okay, it's so my top five. Just like if there's five guys, if the Mets could get any of these five guys tomorrow for free, you'd say, give it to me. Okay. So, okay. We're talking closers. Not closers. Just it's not relievers. relievers. Okay. Guys so that have been closing or have become a closer within the last five years. Okay. So I would say hater. Is on the short list. Mm-hmm. I would say, let's see, uh, Hendrick. Obviously, he's on the short list. So, so you got Hendricks, you got Hader, you got. I think again, there's value to be had in you know guys who've done it. So yes, a Kimbrel. I would actually still take Jansen even uh-huh. now, and I think I would take as my fifth name. Let's say 
even though to me he's having an outlier year this year, he's proven to me decent. Again, kind of riding the waves, the ups and downs. I would still take Melanson. All right. I got five five different guys right here. Okay. I'm gonna give it give you their stats. Just let me know where you would rate these guys. Okay. Some of the guys you mentioned are on the list. Some of the guys you didn't mention okay. are not are on here. So, player number one. So I'm gonna go 2021, now, 2020 one, stats. One, one, one thing I will say this back before you start telling me the numbers. I didn't forget a role as Chapman entirely. I did not, <laughs> before you go, hey, dude, you didn't mention that guy. Uh-huh. I am also acknowledging, yes, the volatility of the position. If you're going over a five-year run, yeah. and maybe you do have to consider him, you know, possibly maybe over a Melanson or maybe, maybe even a Jansen, because he's uh-huh. not doing it this year. He is not, you know. But, I mean, historically, he has been a very good closer. Yeah. So, player number one. All right. 22 saves, five blown saves this season. Okay. Uh, last season, 60-game sprint, 11 saves, two two blown saves, and led closers in um, appearances with 27. Okay. 2019, 33 saves, eight blown, 62 games pitched, 371 ERA. Uh, 2018, 301 ERA, 38 saves, four blown saves, leads to a 90.5 save percentage, and he pitched in... 69 games. 2017, 132 ERA, 41 saves, one blown for a 97.6 completion, and 65 games pitched that season. I have more stats here if you need them later. You let me know. No, no, okay. Player B, the last five years, 2021, 404 ERA, 19 saves, four blown uh, in 39 games. 2020, again, I'll say it, 60-game sprint, pitched in 13 games. Three saves, two blown saves. 309 ERA. 2019, 37 saves, five blown saves, 221 ERA in 60 games. 2018, 245 ERA, 32 saves, two blown saves, 55 games pitched. And I have in 2017, 22 saves to four blown saves for a 322. And he pitched in 52 games that season. Okay. All right, player C. All right, player C, 31 saves, four blown. 2020, 11 blown, I mean, 11 saves, two blown saves. 2019, a total of 12 saves, zero blown saves. Um, 2018, three saves, four blown saves. 2017, 11 saves, five blown saves. Uh, Player four, 25 saves, four blown saves this year. 14 saves, one blown save. 25 saves, seven blown saves. Uh, in 2018, zero attempts at a save. He pitched in 25 games. 2017, this player pitched in 70 games with a 422 ERA. One save, three blown. Okay. My last guy here for you. 23 saves at two blown saves. 2020, two blown saves. I mean, two saves, one blown save in 18 games with the 528 ERA. I feel like I need to mention that. 2019, 13 saves, three blown saves, 653 ERA in 23 games. 2018, 42 saves to five blown saves, 275 ERA in 63 games. And last, last set of information right here in 2017, 35 saves to four blown saves, 1.43 ERA in 67 games. 
Okay. That is my list for you. Okay. So. So blind taste test. <laughs> yeah, pretty much is what I got here for you because I want to show okay. who is who and why I believe in what I believe in. Okay. So who would you take right now out of those five players I just gave you? I'll go ahead and read them off as soon as you kind of. Okay, because I know I think Jansen's the first one, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. I want to say. Jansen is the first one. Yeah, he's the first name because I remember the ERA. I want to say Melanson was the third one. If I'm not wow, mistaken. yeah, Melanson is a third one. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> I want to say, okay, Liam Hendricks, I think, was number four. <laughs> wow, yes, Liam Hendricks. I have something for you. Where is it? Yeah, good job. <laughs> Great job right there. Yes, Hendricks was four. Okay, so, again, I don't want to press my luck here. I made it three out of five, just picking it out of thin air. But Hendricks would be my guy. That would be the guy I would go with. Of the bunch. I've been a big Liam Hendricks guy for a few years. Okay. So, yeah, you are correct. Liam Hendricks was the number four guy. 2017, 2018, not the closer. No, he wasn't. That's Blake's time. Mm-hmm. Um, 2019 becomes the closer, it looks like. Struggles on off. I right. believe that's the year he took it, actually, from Blake. Yeah. He ends up taking it from Blake. Um, 2020, blows the first game of the season, doesn't blow another game. Right. He was money. This year, um, it's actually a little interesting. So he's had 29 attempts, but he's pitched in 44 games. Yeah. Uh, Tony LaRusso's using him a little different, I think, over there. Old school. Yeah, a lot more old school. Um, so he's been pretty damn good this year, too. I had everybody's batting average against, too. Yeah. Because I was like, I know he's going to want it at the end. So <laughs> I have that if you really needed it. Um, my number two guy uh-huh. was Chapman. Okay. I had Aroldis there because I feel like Aroldis' name is considered at one of the top right. premier he closers. Is. Um, with that 101 fastball that you used to have at the time. Right. Uh, my fifth guy was Kimbrell. Okay. So you saw the dominance for two years. Uh, 2019, nobody wants to sign him to Not lose so a much. pick. Right. And I'm assuming he wanted some crazy money, and eventually he's just like, it, let me pitch well, it was, more, it was more the pick. That, I think, was, that was more the driver. Is it, mm-hmm. We have to pay you, but we have to give this pick. And it's, again, it's a closer, so it's kind of like, eh, we can find a guy. Yes. And if you wait till after the draft – you realize you need a closer. You need bullpen help. Yeah. There's a big shining toy for you to go add him to your team, and you know. And it took him kind of three years to get back to right being Craig Kimbrell. He's been very good this year. Grew out the hair. Maybe that's what it is. Right. Melanson, Melanson, which many Padre fans would consider the best closer in the world, not very well for about three, four years. Right. He's kind of up and down. If you remember. Um, he signed with the Giants in 17 after with the Pirates. Yeah, he had a Pirate stint, a Brave stint, and yeah, now he's in San Diego. Yep. Well, so yeah, gets traded. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think he signs. He, let me think. I want to say he signs with the Giants because he's on the Giants for a couple of years, for three years. Yeah. He's the oh, guy. He, yeah, he did he sign. He was yeah. the guy for the closer role um, following Wilson and everybody else that they had up there. Right. Lost a job. Yeah. Pitched pretty Decent in 19. Went to the Braves. Braves got no closer. Nope. So he becomes a Braves closer. Does pretty well. Gets himself a nice contract in San Diego. Right. And he's pitching pretty well. To me, he's just... When I look at it, he's probably the guy I definitely don't want. Just well, because I feel like he's not consistent. But again, that's why I keep saying that bullpens, period, are volatile. Mm-hmm. From year to year. As again, as you're looking at that, going, okay, these closers, this year he was good. Last year he wasn't. Year before maybe he was mediocre. The year before that maybe he was good. Mm-hmm. You know, so it goes up and down with 
all bullpens. I mean, every guy in pitching and relief, they're just, it's the most volatile part of any baseball team. So to me, it, that's the kind of the soft underbelly of every team. You want oh, to get to the relief pitchers. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, if you're just saying that the closer needs to be some guy who's, you know, 98% through, you know, blows one save a year, that's my closer. Well, that's not really reasonable to expect that. No. And I think with Jansen specifically, because that's who we were, you know, we're starting yeah. off with. It, if you look at the track record of success that Jansen's had, he's had this role for a long time. And I mean, it, and also he's changing as a pitcher. He's going through some of the same things that Kershaw has go, been going through these last couple of years where it's, I don't have that same stuff. I have to learn to pitch differently. So like you had played earlier, there's a slider to strike a guy out where it used to be just, it was a cut fastball. You knew it was coming. It really didn't matter. And you couldn't hit it. Right. Where now he's realizing I got to throw some other pitches. I got to learn a cutter. I got I got the cutter. I got to learn a sinker. I got to throw a slider. I got to figure some other things out. And he's still, to me, working through that process. And I think once he comes to the other side of it, he'll go right back to being an effective closer. He'll just be pitching differently. I agree. I definitely agree there. Um, I was trying to see right now the average save percentages of these guys for the past five years. Right. Jansen's at 86%. Yeah. Uh, Roldis, 81%. Yeah. Melanson's at 79%. Hendricks, number got messed up because he has a zero. But he's probably going to be in the, I think he's going to be low 70, high 70s, to be honest. Right. Because those first couple right, of years the first are couple years, yeah. a little rough. And then Kimbrell's 83% within the last five years. Right. So you can see. He's right in line. He's actually the highest of these guys. That's been my point with Jansen this whole time. You guys are acting like Dodger fans. I'm not saying, I'm saying you guys. I'm lumping you in with Dodger fans. No, I am not on the put Kenley on a pike situation. I'm on let the man pitch. This guy's been great for so many years. Right. Victim of greatness. Yeah, that's what that's been my that's been my take on Jansen this whole time. Is he's gone from great to good. And Dodger fans don't realize how great he actually was for as long as he was. But because you just kind of again, we all watch our team, so you get spoiled watching your own team. Yeah, and you don't realize like, wait, some of these other closers and some of these other teams, they're scared to death when their guys coming in there. Also, you know, it's not just your team. Or you know, Jansen blows again. He hadn't blown saves before Sunday. Going back to May, he hadn't yeah, blown he, any he, saves. It was money before. <laughs> A lot of the issues I think that go in with him too is just walk rate for first. Well, I think that's been the his Achilles heel the, the past yeah. maybe two years. Yeah, that's the problem. Um, and then you look at approaches are a lot different from, I know 2017, you start seeing it probably a little bit before 2017 is lift. Everybody yeah. lift, 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 lift. Right. Got the whole minors, no more contact guys. Right. You're seeing in everybody this jump, right? Like everybody's. Now you can hit a homer against them. But look, is what I'm saying. But look at Jansen's home run rate this year. It's really not. It's actually not that high. No, it's not high. It's not it's high. It's the walks, and then when because he's putting so many runners on that when he gives up a hit or when something happens, it's costing the Dodgers the game. You know his batting average against is point one seven nine. They're not hitting him. No, it's he's just, just he's putting him on base. People on base. He's just putting him on base. So to our Dodger fans out there, relax. It's yes. okay. If they go out and get Kimbrel, nice, a great piece to to add to the bullpen. But don't count on it. I wouldn't count on it, but again, uh, the Dodgers are going to do their due diligence. It would be kind of gross negligence on their part not to call the Cubs and see what is the price for mm-hmm. Craig Kimbrel. You know, because if he can help the Dodgers bullpen, if it can just be, look, 
You and Cantley are going to be co-closers. Fine. You close. Cantley doesn't pitch every closing opportunity right, exactly. anyway, so it would work out perfectly. Look, we're going to go like the 2015 Royals. We're going to have three guys. You, Trinan. So, Cantley, Trinan, Kimbrell. You guys go in in seven, eight, nine, in any order we decide. Okay, that's how if that wins the Dodgers the World Series. They really won't care. And I think if you were to do something like that, I think you could bring Kenley back. You know, you wouldn't lose him as a player mentally, have him checked out. No. You know. The year I think he checked out was 18. Yeah. No, not 18, 19. Okay. I want to say he checked out in 19. If you remember, they start going to other guys that close the game. Right. Joe Kelly gives up the Grand Slam to Howie Kendrick. Yeah. I always question that one. Because if you remember before, I know Mets are out of the playoffs, so I don't know if how much you were watching. I watched it. But um, they're constantly asking Doc, who's the closer, who's the closer, who's the closer? Because Kenley's quote-unquote year that year was bad. But that was the year he had the, the heart issues. It happened again right. in Colorado. Right. Yep, and Brian Dozier got it, and somebody else got right. it too. But he had the heart issues again, coming not back and forth between the IL already at that time Right. because of it. Um, that moment for me kind of sucked. I'm like, we've been preaching. Kenley is the closer. Dave Roberts said Kenley is the closer, but he wasn't in that situation to stop the bleeding. Yeah, when it got down to it, he wasn't. When it got the closer. to it, and you need that best guy, right? He wasn't there, and right. I felt because he wasn't there mentally anymore. Okay. And I kind of feel like that carried over a little bit to the next year, because if you, I just feel like you could see it in his face when he's locked in and when he's not. Okay. In his face, you can see he has that fu mentality. Here's the cutter. You're not going to hit me. Right. When he doesn't, he kind of looks like, uh, here's the cutter. That, okay. like, you can, I feel like you can see it in his facial expressions. Yeah, I think, well, I think what he gives away, yeah, it's, he can tell when his stuff is really going. He, cause, you know, he's been pitching his whole life mm-hmm. or, you know, since he's been a professional, he can tell when it's coming out good. And it's, oh, no, it's not coming out good tonight. Oh, man, here we go again. Here comes a bunch of sliders. Yeah. And I think it, Kenley, to me, it's a little bit of a body language issue mm-hmm. where he needs to just still fake it. Cri- Kimbrell fakes it. He has the same little hawk, little stance that yep. he does out of the stretch. It could be 92. It could be 98. He's going to do the same thing. If you hit it over the fence, okay, fine. But he's coming at you with that same sort of intensity, regardless of what the stuff is doing. To me, Kenley can tell which way the ball's playing. And if he sees it's not playing like he wants, he kind of is like, oh, no, waiting for something bad to happen. Yeah, and um, it just sucks. You know, uh, I learned from the great Ted Lasso. Yeah. The, the reason you're laughing is I'm assuming you watch it. You watch it. Um, the, these closers, relievers, you got to have the memory of a goldfish. Right. Ten seconds. Right. Ten seconds and you got to get it out of your head. Can they be goldfish? Which, I mean, I think, again, the best guys can. It's like, okay, whatever. See you tomorrow. Blew a game, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't bother them. I mean, not, it does. It bothers but him, but he knows tomorrow I'm going to come back and shove it down their throat. Right, exactly. Yeah, and uh, sometimes I just question whether or not Kenley's a goldfish or not. He's not. I, I would say I question it, but I want him to be the best he could possibly be because I still believe in him. Right, and I think the Dodgers, at this point, you kind of have to because that's the guy you got. There was a couple of years ago we were talking about the, the hater trade because the Brewers are out. Maybe they should pull the, tra- the trigger on that. Maybe, but, I mean, again, it's relievers are volatile. Yep. So you get them and then what? Speaking of trades, though, it is July 28th. Two days away, um, less than 48 hours away from the trade deadline. Right. I got some news for you. Um, you tell me if you like it. Are you buying or selling it? Okay. These are deals that have already happened. Do you like the deal? Okay. For either side. Got it. All right. 
So, moving over to these trade segments. Brewers acquire infielder Eduardo Escobar from the Diamondbacks for Cooper Hummel and Alberto Superian. I'm going to try that one. We'll go with I'm it. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. We talked about it before, Eduardo Escobar. He's at 22 home runs now. He was seventh in the league last time that I looked. Right. Probably higher now that he's just to 22 or probably the same. Like it, buy it, or sell it? For the Brewers, I'm buying it because they needed an upgrade. I know they were hunting around. You know, the Cubs really weren't going to match up doing like a Bryant deal because that's division. Mm -hmm. I know they'd called around like on Josh Donaldson, but Donaldson has a lot of money where Escobar, it's a lot less money. The Brewers need additional offense, but given that three-headed monster they have in the pitching staff with Hader to close it out, if they get a little bit more offense, they're as dangerous as anybody. And I'm guessing they're not going to be done because they're going to need somebody because of uh, Yelich also. Losing, you know, with him with the COVID, you don't know how he's going to come back when he does. I got I hope he gets back to being healthy because the past couple of years have been a – ever since the knee injury. Right. Ever since the knee injury hasn't been the same. Um, quick thing on Alberto. He's been hitting 378 this year, 465, 514, slashing with five doubles in 12 games for the DSL Brewers. I think that's the main trade piece right there. Uh, Hummel was 26-year-old outfielder. Yeah, it's just kind of a – I think that's a throw-in guy. Yeah. Um, we talked about this earlier today on Twitter. A's acquire outfielder Starling Marte from the Marlins for Jesus Luzardo. I think it's a big deal both ways. Okay. So are I you buying or selling for the uh, Marlins? For the Marlins, I am buying. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an interesting deal. They acquired a former top prospect because mm-hmm. Luzardo was. This prospect shines kind of worn off the longer he's been pitching for the A's. But – I think for them to acquire him, and they don't need him to be some frontline guy for them. They have other people. You still, again, if you go flash forward into 2022, you're looking at Sixto Sanchez will still be there. Mm-hmm. You're still going to have Pablo Lopez, again, unless they make some deal in the next couple hours. You know, you're going to have, what's his name? Uh, Rogers will be back. So now if you put Lazardo in as your number four guy, your rotation is looking a lot better. So he has started six of his 13 games this year yeah. for a 687 ERA, though. Right. Um, I think he's been beat up his last couple of times coming out of the bullpen, maybe yeah. not comfortable. But his his FIP, and if, if you look at his ex-FIP, so the expected uh, fielding independent pitching, it's a little bit better than that. Okay. I like that. I thought it was a good guy to add. Um, and for the A's about side? A two, of, number two or three pitcher for this rotation, right? For the Marlins? Marlins Assuming yes. everybody's as they're supposed to be? No, he's like a four. I think that's going to be a heck of a four. That's, 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 seriously, think about it. If Sixto becomes what Sixto's supposed to be, because yeah, he got he, hurt he's this, not year, pitching this year, that's a little baby Pedro. Yeah. I mean, Pablo Lopez is good. He, mm-hmm. he's, he's solid. That makes say he's your two. Okay, so that's now Rodgers was an all star this, this year. year. Okay, that's your three. Yep. So he's that's like a four. four. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. your four or five right there. Right. Um, A side. A side, this is a really good deal because, again, you know what you had in Lazardo. He's been in your organization this whole time. So if you're saying you're willing to deal him, you you're betting that it, it, it's over for him. It's not gonna be he's not gonna be the guy you think. Yeah. And if you're Oakland, because Oakland being Oakland, they like to pinch pennies. The Marlins are paying Marte's deal. They're paying for it. So they're paying the four plus million dollars for Marte to be in Oakland because they wanted the better prospect coming. Yeah, I was gonna back. say I think that's how they got uh, yeah, that's Lizardo how they got, right, right there. That's how they got. They're him. probably getting some rinky dink. So prospects before that. But. Well, no, it's just we're going to give you three guys we're not sure about, or oh, a guy, get the one, that or the one guy pitch. that's in the big leagues, the big league time, who still has prospect upside. Yeah. Okay, if you want that guy, 
then you're going to be paying more Starling, Starling Marte's contract, which turned into you're paying the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, coming into Wednesday, he was sporting a career-high 859 OPS, seven homers, 22 steals, and has um, recorded five outs above the average center fielder. Yeah, he's, he's a decent player now. The question I have is where is he going to play in Oakland? Because I don't know if they're just going to drop him into center and let him run around out there. I, th- I think that's the game plan. Um, yeah. Probably move um, Loriano. Yeah, that's corner. What, right. So I'm saying. So do you move Loriano or do you say, Marte, you go play somewhere else? I, w- I think I would move Loriano, leave the cannon in right field. Okay. Because that dude's arm is ridiculous. Right. Um, I know Loriano's pro- usually a pretty good defender. I know his defensive yeah. metrics, though, did drop. Right. Following his rookie year. Right. Um, not only that, I think it's a big upside on the offensive, the offensive side. Offensive side, yes, a definite upgrade. Uh, I looked it up. I think they were 26th in the league. Yeah, they struggled. In offensive production from their outfielders. Now, the one problem or wonder I have with Marte, not that it's a he's a bad player, it's not, is his, he hits too many ground balls. does hit a lot of ground balls. He still has a contact swing. Yeah, he hits he hits the ball, but it's a lot of grounders. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing with him. Hence the, you know, he's now that many homers. That's the one kind of thing. And, you know, but it gives him another base runner because he does steal bases. He has, mm-hmm. what, 20, 22 steals? Yeah, so he does have that. I will say that for him. I like it. Uh, moving over, Trastros acquire Jimmy Garcia from the Marlins for right-handed pitcher Austin Pruitt and outfielder Brian De La Cruz. Uh, Jimmy had been closing this year for the Marlins. Uh, 15 saves, 347 ERA and 39 appearances. No, it's a good deal for the Astros because they're not going to need – he's not closing on the Astros. Jimmy's not. They have Ryan Presley. Yeah. Ryan Presley's the closer, but now you're starting to fill in in front of Presley. Now you're giving them a more formidable bullpen because that's been their problem. I mean, you didn't – I don't think you got to it today, but the grand slam for the Mariners, uh, that was against the Astros bullpen. Mm -hmm. In the game that they were winning seven to nothing, you come blowing a game and losing 11 to eight, that's the kind of stuff that just can't happen if you want to get to where you want to go. And – um. It looks like Pruitt has already been DFA'd. Oh, that went well. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, to make room for uh, Rafael Montero, who they traded for later on. They traded for Montero yesterday. That's part of the Kendall Graven deal. That was the other guy. Yeah, so um, Pruitt was actually DFA'd, but put into the package. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I got it confused. Yeah. Um, Dela Cruz sticks to be the big piece there, hitting 324 with 24 home, or 12 home runs in 66 games at AAA. Okay. Not too bad. Still on today's moves. Reds acquire Michael Givens from the Rockies for Case Williams, Noah Davis. I don't think either teams are going into the playoffs. So Rockies we'll get through this. <laughs> but I do think, like I, like I had said earlier, I think the Reds are making moves now in hopes of contending next year and the year after. So you want to have the pieces in place so it makes it easier for you this offseason. So you're not looking, say, for extra bullpen help and things like that. And... So it's not totally crazy to me. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I think you're right. Build build up for when you're going to make that run. I don't think the runs this year. No. Maybe you need to come in next year a little healthier. Right. Offense a little better because it's been a down year for the offense, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. As well as the bullpen. Yeah. Um, Mariners acquired Tyler Anderson from the Pirates for Carter Benz and Joaquin Tejada. Anderson, 435 ERA, but has been pitching to a 250 ERA this month. I believe he was shelled for one time for about eight runs, and the ERA just whew, skyrocketed. Yeah, but he's a soft-throwing lefty, so you're going to have that. They're going to have blow-ups. Mm-hmm. It was just a weird deal how he ended up being a Mariner because he was a Philly for like a minute, 
And then that deal fell apart because the Phillies had problems with the medicals for some for one of the prospects oh, okay. to them. So Anderson, because Anderson was supposed to pitch last night, and he was just kind of throwing in, in the bullpen. They were like, yeah, we don't know. So to him, for the Mariners to strike quick and get a guy in there, again, he's more of an innings eater. It's, you know. Yeah, in uh, 15 of his uh, – oh, I'm sorry. In each of his 18 starts, he's thrown at least five innings. Yeah. So he's going to definitely give you – not a lot of length, but he'll give you five solid innings. Right. Keep you in the game. Right. That's all you could ask for from uh, probably your number three, four starter. On a good team. Maybe a five. On a good team, he's a five. Yeah. Um, going down, Yankees make a move to get rid of some players. Luis Sessa and Justin Wilson go to the Reds. We both know the Reds need some help in the bullpen. Right. Minor deal right there. Here's a big one, though. We talked about these guys. We talked about Kendall Graveman. He's been moved. Yep. One of the top uh, relievers this year going to the Astros in the same division. In the same series. In the, in the same series for Abraham Toro and Joe Smith. Uh, Graveman had sported a .82 ERA with 10 saves this year. Astros ranked 15th in the majors with a 415 bullpen, so this is definitely a big help. What do you think? Because there's been a lot of negative response to this move. Okay, well, the negative response is because if you're the Mariners, you're hanging around the fringes of the wild card race. Why are you trading our top reliever? Mm-hmm. That's the question the players have, the fans have. But Jerry DePoto makes deals. That you had to know this was coming. But DePoto's probably not done. They're probably no, going to make, make other moves. But it if you weren't gonna like if you don't think you're really competing, then get me another guy, another younger, you know, younger guy. Because again, bullpen, volatile. Graveman's good this year. He's been good. He's been not good. It goes yeah. kind of both ways. And he's gonna be a so, free agent at the end of the year, right, anyways. Right. So are you resigning that guy? Um, Toro's put up some numbers in the minors. He has a little bit of, you know, a little bit there. Mm-hmm. And so you acquire that guy for a guy you might not resign who, you know, if you're not hundred percent sold on him, go ahead and make the deal. It's just the timing of the deal looks weird because you're playing the Astros. You had just had the, the go ahead grants on the night before, and then you go trade your best reliever to the other team the next morning. It's just bad timing. Agreed. I think the timing is probably the worst part of it just because you just finished off the series with those guys and you already had some. Well, no, you no, started, still you started the series. You started the series. <laughs> that was the first game. <laughs> you had a little altercation. Right. Everything's kind of going on. Um, maybe not the best time. No. But it's probably the only time. Well, I think it means. You could have well, maybe waited the two days, but are they really going to let you use this guy against them? It To me, I think you wait till maybe just after the series is over. Mm-hmm. So let's say if the series, let's say it's a three-gamer, you're off Thursday. Okay, now we make the deal. My assumption is here, Tapoto likes to make deals. He already said he has other deals kind of right. framework. Right. I don't think the two guys that they got are staying. Uh, I don't know if there's too much of a market for Joe Smith. Well, Joe Smith is probably saying Toro, I think, is going to be a piece. Maybe that gets moved for a different guy. Maybe. Uh, maybe that's the thought process behind it. We're going to probably have to wait for two days to see what exactly DePoto does, because if he doesn't, is his job on the line? Is it not? Uh, I think his job is okay. Did he lose a clubhouse? He did do that. That he lost the, the clubhouse. Forty-eight right? hours, he's lost the clubhouse. Yeah. So unless you do Craig Kimbrell or something. Yeah. Unless you do something where it's like, like oh, drastic, okay, like, this right. is why I had to do this. I needed right. this guy to get this guy to do this to do that. Right. Unless something like that happens, I I don't see the Mariners bouncing back for the season. No. You maybe could, just like you, you blew our chances. Yeah. Why am I coming out here? Right, you could busted my butt, and you could have just blown the rebuild back probably a good year or two because of it. I like it. I agree. Uh, minor deal. Uh, it's a it's a decent deal. Andrew Chafin 
to the A's, another lefty um, going into the bullpen. Had a pretty good season. Um, they're moving over Greg uh, Diekman and Daniel Valencia. Okay. Which the issue, that, well, the thing there, it's a good deal for Oakland because mm-hmm. their relievers have been walking too many guys. Yes. And Chafin's been having a really good year for the Cubs, so it helps them there. And again, with the Marte deal, this is typical Oakland type stuff. You make these little small deals on the yeah. margins that might be able to help them in the bigger picture in the race. Because a guy, like, let's just say, hypothetically, you know, a guy like Chafin, all of a sudden he's a Yankee or something. Oh, he becomes lefty killer and all, you know, you get down to the playoffs and you got Chafee pitching, let's say, to Devers or something. Yeah. And that's what's getting you through. Well, Oakland has that guy now. Mm-hmm. To make this removing these people from the market. So Oakland, to me, was smart to strike early, get the deal done, get the guy in there. Yeah, so they lost their number nine prospect. And uh, Palencia is in his professional season. So he's probably, he's a question. Miles away, right. Exactly. Um, Irrelevant, Yankees get Clay Holmes, another arm. Yep. Uh, We got three big moves. Uh, Actually, I want to hit one move, kind of minor, kind of big for you. Red Shield for Tommy Hunter and Matt Dyer. Innings eater. Uh, yeah, it's an innings. Well, five innings, five plus. Yeah, five, five innings. <laughs> five and a third like you did on Sunday. Um, but it's a good deal for the Mets because they needed they need rotation help because, I mean. We had long, talked about it. Right. We, we talked about yeah, the you, first two. Right. No arms. No, Everybody's they, hurt. They have uh, too many hurt guys. Hill isn't hurt. They gave up basically nothing to get mm-hmm. him because Hill and uh, Tommy Hunter basically make about the same amount of money. So, so. So it's like about the same thing. You're just giving them a minor league catcher. Okay, whatever. You know, it's a it's nothing for the Met system. It's not one of their top guys. And that's it. Just it gets gets them through this little stretch of stretch of pitching because mm-hmm. if Degrom comes back, Stroman's still there, Walker's still there. You got uh, Carrasco's pitching Friday for his uh, debut. So then you got Syndergaard that'll be back hopefully by the end of say by the end of August. Mm-hmm. And if the teams behind the Mets really aren't doing anything to catch them. Then they could just ride this out, and then okay, you're looking at a real rotation. You know, it's a in the, hey, in the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, come a playoff run, you got to really deal with them. No, I agree. Um, I, I think he'll make a good little push for him. You're in a contention spot. Not that he wasn't with the Rays, right? But he's going to be used as an actual starter. Get his innings. Yeah, his problem. Do what yeah, his problem is once they crack down on the sticky stuff, his spin rate went down. Yeah, spin rate is going to go down. <laughs> so because so, he's all curveball. Right. Um, we got three big deals. Okay. Padres acquire Adam Frazier. Main piece here is Tucapita Marcano, who is the number five prospect in the Padres system. Um, that's the main piece right there. Yes. They're talking about um, Jack Swinski and Milano. Those, are, Milano. those guys are maybes, but Marcano is the guy they want. Yeah, that was the guy, but Milano is no scrub right. from what I heard. Right. I believe Passon was talking about it. Yeah, He's been pretty damn good mm-hmm. this year, so there might be an actual piece right there. Yeah. Um, Padres get another second baseman outfielder. They're going to be using him as a super utility a la Chris Taylor. That's what they're saying today. I'll see how this looks Friday after one at one, one o'clock our time. Cause I think this might be a precursor to something else. What do you think would happen here? I think Hosmer might be going cause they're trying to get him off the team cause he makes too much money. And doesn't hit. That was very simple. <laughs> They'd probably have to eat a lot of money to move no, them no, or give a lot of no, prospects. No, they're going to move them, but yeah, they. then you can say Cronenworth, you go play first base. Yeah, and Frazier plays second. Yeah. Um, I was looking. Because remember, they still have Kim. They paid Kim some money to come over from Korea. Yeah. So you can't have all these can't guys. can't have all these guys, right. yeah. I saw left field and right field have some of the worst production in the league. Yeah. So they're expecting Frazier to kind of fill in there. Yeah, he can. Um, he's played the outfield for the Pirates, so he's a little versatile. He's going to be able to move around, do what they want him to do. 
Right. I just don't see unless they trade they make some trades. Um, I see him being Chris Taylor. You're playing second today. Tomorrow you're playing left. The next day you're playing right. Right. Um, you're going to be playing a lot of different positions. If I'm not mistaken, he's even played a little third. Yeah, which again, you don't need to the for left, Machado. The left but side of that infield. Yeah, it ain't moving. Ain't but, worried about that. Um, I saw an interesting story about story to the Padres. You like that um, about him possibly playing center field. They were really trying to make a deal there. Yeah, they no. wanted him to play center for him, but no deal happened. Uh, a guy we talked about moving. Nelson Cruz goes to the race. Yep. Um, we both talked about it. They needed that power bat in the middle of the lineup. Right. Now you have that. Uh-oh. Right. That's a real legitimate middle-of-the-order bat. Yeah. He hits good pitching. It doesn't matter. He's consistent with his productivity. It's mm-hmm. To me, that's a no-brainer deal for them. I mean, it's all win for the, the race to me. That yeah. Whole, that think, deal to me is straight. And, um, so they did give up their number 10 and number 17 prospects in the deal, but I, I think it's irrelevant. Like you said, they needed the big bat. They're going for it. They're, yeah, the, they're the playing raise, well. They raise windows now. It's not when those prospects will be ready. You're, again, this is the race. They can just make more prospects. Pretty much. For them, they're, they have a great farm system. They're great at right. finding talent and understanding and how to develop that talent and a cheaper version of the Dodgers, in my opinion. Yeah, so Dodgers with less money. Yeah. Exactly. The last big deal I got here, um, not official, expected to go official pretty soon. Joey Gallo going into the pinstripes for Josh Smith, Ezekiel Duran, and Trevor Halver, and Glenn Otto. Might be more, might be less. Yeah. Gallo make a big difference here? Uh, he will. It'll change the lineup because, again, it's another real bat, a real potent bat. Again, people can look at the batting average, but don't worry about that. Look at the on base. The guy walks. He knows his strike zone. He also knows what he's trying to do. He's trying to hit home runs. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to slap balls the other way. This is the guy that the shift was invented for. Just stand over here because he's not hitting it to left. It's just not going to No, happen. he's not going to do it. Every now and then he tries to bunt. That's yeah, he'll about try. It. Yeah, he's a good and athlete. He can run and, and all that. And if he butts it, you're, you're happy letting him get the right. single. Go to first. Worst comes to worst. Gets it really down the line. Double because he's got right. some speed to right. him. Me, I think it makes a big difference. He's a great outfielder. Gold glove outfielder. But he's also not too bad of a damn first base. No, he can play first base. He can play first base. Yankees don't have a lot of productivity at first base. If I'm not mistaken, Voight's always hurt. Right. I think he's still hurt right now. Um, They've been kind of mixing in a lot of random guys, to say the least. Yeah, but I think also if you put, just looking at the lineup side, because that's what you're getting, you know, Gallo for, it also allows you to break up like a Stanton judge. You have a lefty in the middle of all Mm -hmm. that. Which you know a, a potent lefty, not you know. It's Brett, not just a it's lefty. Not, it's not Brett Gardner. No, know? it's a real lefty. Yeah, I saw Gardner hitting third the other day because I think they're trying to get rid of all the righties. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You drop, you know, Gallo. Let's say if I got a Stanton Gallo, you know, Judge coming up. Okay, that's a little bit a problem for me as a manager. You know, how do I navigate that? So what this is really going to do? I'm just taking a look at it right now. More than likely, Odor comes out of the lineup. Probably. You put DJ back at second. So Glaber, you, you can use Gallo at first, yeah. or you can pull out Gardner, and you put Gallo in the outfield. I would remove Gardner and put Gallo in the outfield. I think that probably helps you line up the best. Let Gardner be that old veteran leadership guy already. Right. Um, to me, I think he's been getting too many at bats for the past couple of years. Right. When they have some guys that I know can hit, like Clint Frazier. Yeah. I know he's having a bad year, but. Well, they've to me, I, I'd rather him go out there, get 500 at-bats. You suck it up, you suck it up. I don't care. You're getting that bats Yeah, we could, well, you also, like, let him play to see what you actually have. He, I, he hasn't played the, since they got him. Right. 
Um, so Gallo on the move. That's the big move there. Uh, last piece of news before we kind of get rolling out of here. Big storyline that the Red Sox are working on a Max Scherzer trade. How big of an impact would that make over there? Well, that puts the division to bed. If you put Scherzer in there and he pitches the way he's capable of pitching, that puts the division to bed. Now, the only thing with that deal is I'd have to see what's going the other way because there's other parts to Max Scherzer's contract also that could really, really change how this deal is perceived. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of deferred money in it. So who's paying it? It's over $100 million in deferred money. Um, read an article on The Athletic. Okay. Whoever trades for him doesn't have to pay the deferred money. Nationals well, are paying deferred money. If you say so. <laughs> that, that's, what I, that's what I read. <laughs> well, get, that get, they are on the hook for it, I guess, for now. That's what I'm saying. What's in the deal? Is it solid, okay, you're paying the deferred money? Mm-hmm. Or is it we'll pay part of it? Here's worse prospects because we're going to be we're going to be paying the deferred paying money deferred anyways. money yeah because the deferred money kicks in in 2028. Correct. The only issue on a, any Scherzer trade is the 31. I think it's 31 million kicks into your salary cap this year. Yeah. So you're going to be paying luxury. Yeah, the luxury tax. The luxury any tax good team too. is paying the luxury more than likely, unless you are Tampa Bay. No, the Giants are below it too. They could afford oh, okay. Scherzer and still be below it. Okay, and and uh, the Giants. Up I mean, the A's aren't. They're, the A's aren't going to get them. They're not going to get them, but they could afford it. They could afford it, but those are things that um, have to be looked at for these big teams. Yeah, and also again, you got to look at the other like like I had mentioned before. We started recording the offsets, whatever Scherzer's going to get to waive his ten five rights. Mm-hmm. That's another consideration in the deal. John Morosi is expecting a deal later tonight. Top teams right now: Giants, Dodgers, Padres. This Brother on Baseball segment is brought to you by Symbol, the stock market for sports that allows you to trade your sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol has blended sports in the stock market to offer a new way to invest and profit in your sports teams. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 6,000 early adapters who have started to profit off their sports knowledge. Visit www.symbol.com or visit the link in the description at Sports Bums. Create a free account when you deposit Use a promo code SPORTSBUMS for a free $10 deposit to help you build your portfolio. Before we head out, Jamal, you are the author of Brother on Baseball. I am. You released an episode article yesterday. Yeah. Can you give us a little insight to that article? So this particular article has to do with me looking at trade deadline deals over the last decade. How many of these deals, A, helped the, let's say that we just use a buyer-seller type situation, not the best terminology in the world because we're dealing with humans, mm-hmm. but you know, how has the deals worked out for the clubs as they're you know looking to acquire talent versus you know moving talent away? It looks like if you look over the past decade, these deals that seem big at the time really don't matter that much. Mm-hmm. The teams that were good stayed good. The teams that were on the fence stayed on the fence. You you don't really see a team let's say who's in the in the one deal, and I I think I've gone the whole show. Haven't mentioned my mighty Mets. I get any point. I had almost made a mental note. Don't even bring them up because I don't want to make it a Met, Met podcast. But the 2015 acquisition of uh, Yoenis Cespedes mm-hmm. for the Mets completely changed the narrative around that team. It did. And they got them to the World Series largely on Cespedes throughout the regular season. Obviously, had Dale Murphy getting hot in the playoffs. But Cespedes is really what drove them into the playoffs. That was the one deal in the last 10 years where if you looked at it, the team was one way before the deal and another way after. Where like say the I was gonna say you could look at the Verlander one, but they weren't one way or the other. They were right. on the way to the playoffs. Right. That just gave them that 
Right. We can win this World Series. Right. Now. But it doesn't, yeah, but you don't see it where it really kicks a team into like another gear. You know, okay. You really yeah, yeah, see yeah. it. And on the other side, you really didn't see any deals, or I didn't see any deals where the prospects you gave up became future all star, Hall of Famer guy. You really don't see it going the other way either. And that's something I've noticed over the last decade. The teams have gotten a lot better at evaluating their own talent. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting fleeced in deals, making deals like I had mentioned in there. I made a brief reference. John Smoltz. Yeah, like a John Smoltz deal. You know, okay, so we need Doyle Alexander, you get John Smoltz. Or we need Larry Anderson, you get Jeff Bagwell. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not seeing those types of deals anymore. I was going to say the Smoltz one wasn't that bad. It, it was bad in the hindsight. Right. But if I'm not mistaken, um, Alexander pitched good for pitched the, t- good for the Tigers down the stretch, right? Yeah, and right. I believe they made a deep playoff run. If I'm not right. mistaken, they, they did what they needed to do, but you know, obviously, you, you look back. Well, you gave up John Smoltz, yeah. sure, but you know, yeah. you're not like I said, you're not giving up guys that were was like again Fernando Tatis for I James was gonna Shields. Say that was next. I didn't put it in the article. I mentioned it in the article, but that deal happened before the deadline. That happened like in like it was June. way before because yeah, the White before. Sox had zero pitching. I believe right. everybody was getting hurt, right? And at that time, Tatis wasn't. He was an A ball. He was still a. He wasn't a bit, top but, prospect. But he w- no. He was a legit. This is a legit top five. Oh, he was already a top five. Oh yeah. Okay. It I was, was mistaken. I thought he was still. He was a prospect, but he wasn't like oh, no. the top of the radar yet. No, 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 no. He he was a known quantity. It was like okay, you. Why did you do that? Mm. And so the White Sox sold it to themselves some kind of way. But also, I think at the time, I think the Whites had just signed Yohan Mankata. Okay. And Mankata. Oh, they traded for him. They traded Salem. Oh, sorry. Yeah, they they just gotten Mankata. And they were thinking, that's our shortstop of the future. So we can deal the other one Mm -hmm. who's farther away. That was fair enough. Um, To make it better for the White Sox, just because it looks like they had that one trade where they just got destroyed in. They did get Ilo Jimenez, like you mentioned, for Jose Quintana. Yeah. Which I think worked out in the end. Quintana pitched great for them. Pretty poorly for the Cubs. Yeah, he it worked out. Yeah, for the White Sox, the Eloy, it's looking good now. Good. Yeah, so far, so far, so good. <laughs> yeah, good. We got to see how again how people's careers play out. Yeah. That's also I was trying to keep it to the last decade, and I really didn't go into last like twenty twenty because it's you, know, you got to give the, the prospects some time to see what you really have. I agree. Um, everybody kind of makes a big deal about these quote unquote blockbuster trades right. today, and or this year or next year or last year, but right. you don't really know if it's a true blockbuster. Right. Until later on, we could look at, I know we got to get out of here, but Blockbuster for, I, I know I've mentioned them a lot, Dodgers get Adrian Gonzalez. Right. Supposedly sending over, was it Ruby? Oh, my God. I had it. Jerry oh. Sands, the big the pitcher was the main one. Um, They had yeah. brought him up. It's like Ruby Rosales or something like that. The point being is you don't remember what the guy's exactly. name is. <laughs> That's the point I'm trying to make. That's like There was a whole big deal. Dodgers gave up these top prospects. Ruby De La Rosa. There it is. <laughs> I think he pitched like one year for them, went over to the Diamondbacks and was out of the league the year yeah, afterwards. Right. <laughs> I just wanted to make the point where we don't know until later on right. what is a true blockbuster, who really won the trade, right. you have so to, on and yeah, so forth. Who forward. wins these trades? You have to give it more time. You have to take a couple of years to really look back. Okay, hey, how did our season go? If we win the World Series – to fans, it really doesn't matter. I don't care if you gave up Mike Trout. If my team won the World Series, mm-hmm. my team won the World Series, that title is there for forever. Yes. It's justifiable. Yes. You know, so you really can't really evaluate a trade in the moment. You got to just give it, you know, some room to breathe, see where the prospects go. You know, like I said, the teams are a lot better at it now. 
in terms of evaluating who they're giving up. Which, yeah, no, they're great at it now. Which you should be, because these are your own players. You should be able to self-evaluate and make sure that you're not giving away, mm-hmm. you know, some future all-star for, you know, a middling reliever that you could have gotten for, you know, basically some guy you were going to DFA, you know. Yeah, Jordan Alvarez. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Alvarez, Josh Fields. Ugh. I was even joking with my brother. I said, yeah, see, the Dodgers make mistakes too. Here you go. This is where he came from. That was an Andrew Friedman one too. But again, it's those are. But it happens. It but, happens. It's rare. Few and far between. Mm-hmm. They're not making a history of doing this kind of stuff. So no, Pedro Martinez. Yeah, you know it, it's that one was a rough one too. But it, back at it. But that's again the benefit of hindsight. You go, oh, you had Pedro. You didn't trust him as a starter. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, too small. Supposedly. Will he hold up? Well, we need a second baseman. Here's Delano DeShields. Okay, you're our guy. Mm-hmm. At the time, DeLondo Shields is your starting second baseman. Okay, he's playing. That's fine. And then you look a decade later, it was like, what? We had that guy on our team. He was on no, the Dodgers. Yeah, like he was actually here. He, he actually, actually pitched, pitched for on us. the Dodgers. Yeah, unfortunately, these things happen. Um, but everybody, make sure you guys are catching Brother on Baseball on sportsbums.com. He has so many great articles up there. I love uh, reading them. I take a moment about a couple times a week, actually. I kind of review them and go through them and I try to keep up because this man over here is so knowledgeable. I, I need to make sure I'm on par with him. Jamal, final words. Um, this is going to be an interesting and exciting next 36 to 48 hours as this trade, de- trade deadline approaches. Yeah, so is. I got one for that one. <laughs> Give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> Guys, make sure you're listening to us anywhere. Podcasts are streamed. We're going to be on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're going to be everywhere you can ever imagine. Or you can simply just go to sportsbum.com and find all of our information. You can find Jamal's blog. You can find his podcast. You can find me on this podcast or maybe even another. Till next week. All right. Till next week. Till next week. Much love, everybody. Yeah.